everyone, and thank you for listening to Brain Foods, the podcast on women change makers. I'm your host, Hannah Becker, and today I have the great pleasure to introduce you to our first researcher, Jenny Pesi. She's a senior scientist, worked in academia. She got her PhD from the University in Helsinki in 2017. She co-founded a health startup in Finland and has years of experience from pharmaceutical companies. Welcome, Jenny. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Jenny, today we're going to talk about how to find scientific innovations in healthcare. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your career path? Sure. So I ended up studying pharmacy because I found it interesting as it combines many different disciplines. I did not originally know that I want to be a researcher, but I got my first position as a research assistant. And then I realized that, oh, actually, this is what I want to do. So I continued with, with research. I did my master's thesis research in Harvard University. And then I continued with the PhD program and University of Helsinki. Out of that research, there was a spin-off startup company. I, have, I was a visiting researcher in a Finnish pharmaceutical company. And then I, I moved to Denmark to work also in the pharmaceutical industry. Wow. From startup to big organizations. What is a good environment from your experience to foster innovation? I think you want an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary environment where you have people with different backgrounds. It's good to have a bunch of nerds, so people who actually are really <laughs> science. So you have people who, who share a passion and you can have authentic scientific debates and, and discuss different scientific, scientific topics so that everybody participating has their own views and, and can share them very openly. That makes a lot of sense, at least um, to me. We can see that with the COVID-19 pandemic particularly, we have an enormous strain placed on the global healthcare sector. Um, we can see that especially low-income families and people of color tend to be less healthy than other members of the population and are more likely to have more than one chronic condition. This, of course, impacts things like life expectancy, quality of life, and earning potential. Intervening earlier and creating more points deep into the communities that enable better access to traditional care, as well as um, other resources, is really important to drive better health outcomes. There's an enormous need for governments and organizations across the world to address mental and behavioral health issues, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, we can see that industry stakeholders face considerable challenges in addressing the large scope of behavioral health crisis. So I would like to talk about with you, we can see that there's a need for innovation, there's a need for cost cutting. What is hampering organizations at the moment to innovate? I think uh, what has to be taken into account that in the science sector, uh, innovation always takes a little bit more time. So you need to build up teams that have the expertise and you need to foster these teams to, to work together and, and find the solutions and make sure that the scientific ground is already covered. Because uh, if you don't know the field you work at, you don't know what is the innovation you can strive for. Yeah, we can definitely see that um, today's that today's socioeconomic, mental, and behavioral health crisis have made it quite clear that 
players across the healthcare landscape need to innovate to better serve the whole health needs of people across the world. Now, if this takes such a long time, is there something that we can do to um, facilitate the speed of innovation in pharmaceutical companies? I think it all again comes down to teams and also to the fact that, of course, now nowadays major part of the working force is, is women, but there's still uh, gender biases. Of course, there has been progress that has been uh, progress has been made, but still there's a lot that could be done in in terms of hearing the female voices in in big organizations. And I think it should be also made or people should be made more aware that we have these. Uh, uh, subconscious biases against women. So that would be a topic that should be discussed and then maybe people would also be more willing to give more space uh, to female ideas when they are aware of these uh, subconscious behaviors. That makes a lot of sense. So to innovate also to take into account women's needs um, is I think what, what you're kind of alluring to here at the moment. So Yeni, you pointed out here that there is a huge problem with unconscious bias. What can we do to be more conscious about unconscious biases and how would we stop ourselves from being influenced by it? I, I think uh, it makes sense to start from acknowledging the problem and acknowledging that everybody, uh, male and females, have these uh, um, biases in their heads. And then, then you can change things with the basically everyday behavior. If you have a female colleague who maybe is a little bit insecure or maybe you have the feeling that maybe they are suffering from a bit of uh, imposter syndrome maybe you can go and, and say a nice thing or like uh, give acknowledgement on what they have done i think that's that's where you start and of course uh, the more people are aware the more they can also change their behavior accordingly what can we do to be more conscious about unconscious biases and how would we stop ourselves from being so influenced by it when listening to ideas, particularly coming from women? So I think generally just being more aware is a, is a good start. So if people are aware that they have, they have often different cognitive biases, they can also then just start changing their behavior. And let's say if you, women tend to be a bit more critical towards themselves. So maybe make sure in everyday life that, that you Praise your colleagues and, and acknowledge them for the work they have done, and um, start changing uh, things from the from the bottom up. Changing things from the bottom up um, seems like a very good approach, especially when we talk about pitching. From your experience, is there any example that you could give us where we can maybe even use the fact that women are a bit more critical with their own work um, for pitching? ideas in the healthcare industry? Yeah, I've been to quite a few <laughs> startup events and often, of course, you hear really good stories where people have an idea and they, they present the impact and then they present how it's done. And maybe then they mention some risks and limitations in the end. But I would like to have this actually done reverse because then you could actually take advantage of being critical towards your own ideas and being aware how much of an impact you could do. So I would start uh, reverse pitching so I would first tell actually what are the limitations what are the risks what are the challenges it also I think proves if the person speaking actually understands their topic yeah. and knows what what it can do because if you don't know the limits you also really don't know the, the opportunities and after that it would be fine to explain 
the, the rest of the story. So how would it work and uh, what would be the actual impact? Reverse pitching is something I've not heard about before myself. So I think that's a really cool idea to start with what you're critical about with your own idea and what are the risk of implementing it, especially in the healthcare sector. It sounds like a very, um, a very reasonable approach to pitching. If we look now more into the methods that we can use to find scientific uh, innovations in healthcare, what methods do you use to find scientific innovations in your day-to-day -day work? I think that in science, there's no shortcut to ha happiness. So you have to start uh, with good basics. So you really need to know your science. You know, need to know the facts and you need to understand the phenomena and the environment you work at. And when you have a solid grounds in your knowledge, then you can also figure out what is the thing you can change or where you can do things differently so that it still makes scientific sense. Um, having talked about now scientific innovations in healthcare, what are some of the roadblocks that you encountered as a female scientist in the healthcare industry? I mean, sometimes, uh, especially in, in academia, you might end up in a, in a group that's very male dominated and that will take a while before you get credibility because it would be a lot easier to say present the same idea as a male and, and be uh, taken seriously than as, as a female. I think it's especially a problem with the, with the male-dominated fields such as uh, uh, physics, for example. And having heard about your story, your ideas on, on pitching and your roadblocks as a female scientist now in the healthcare industry, um, do you have some insights for us how you personally deal with such an environment? Do you have a special mindset, some recommendations, some brain fruits that you would like to share with our brain fruits community? I think the, uh, the main thing is to surround yourself with really good people. So find the colleagues who believe in you and, and who you believe in and, and collaborate with open-minded people and also try to uh, gain self-confidence and uh, know your science. That's always the basis of it. That's a, that's a good um, ending paragraph, I think. Know your science before you get anywhere else is, is a great yeah. recommendation. Thank you, Jenny, for being part of this podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. And it's a great series of, uh, of uh, people and it's great to be a part of it. Thank you so much. <laughs>